Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Hey, welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. We're so glad you can join us today from wherever you're watching and listening from. If this is your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click on new. If you fill out that short form online for us as a way of saying thank you, we're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed. Well, today we wrap up our legacy teaching series. Now, we started this series all the way back on October 2nd with this question What kind of legacy are you building right now? You know, because you are building a legacy and you will be remembered when you're gone from this life. The question is, what will you be remembered for? And how do you build and live a legacy life? So our theme verse has been from Psalm 112. And Psalm 112, 5 and 6 says this, that good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil and those who are righteous will long be remembered. You know, what we do for ourselves usually dies with us, but what we do for other people lives beyond us. So with that in mind, let me just quickly catch you up where we've been in case you missed a week or it's been a while uh, since you've kind of tuned in here with us. We learned during our first week that to live a legacy life, we have to be driven by eternity. And that means that you know you have to be intentional with your decision making. You have to be intentional about giving what you have, about serving other people, about sharing Jesus. And then we hosted two of our missionaries the following week. I can't think of a better spiritual legacy to build, right, uh, than going to the hardest places on the planet where they were going. They embody what I think it means to live a legacy life that goes beyond yourself. We couldn't record that because uh, one of those going to a pretty sensitive, tough place around the world. Then last week, we talked about storing up treasure in heaven. If you want to build and live a legacy life, you need to know uh, that heaven and not earth is your home, that you have limited time, but incredible opportunity, that you're the manager, you're not the owner, and you must view everything through the lens of eternity. Those are really important attributes of a person who's building and living a legacy life. Now, I'll be honest with you here today. Uh, the message that, that I'm going to jump into more than any of the others in the series is going to have a much more inward bent to it. Okay. Uh, we're, we're trying not to be an inward thinking church. I don't think any church should be that way. Um, but, but every so often the focus does kind of, kind of go on us. And so today is certainly one of those days. Um, and we're going to have a great message next week, by the way, if you're here in person, we invite you to come out to Seneca. Candy Palooza is happening for our radiant kids. They're going to have a great time. Uh, then we're going to have a great teaching series in November called those people. And you want to tune into that if you're in person you want to swing by uh, because we're going to talk about those folks uh, that you're around with during the holiday season during the folks that you're you know you kind of like to see every so often but not too much friends family co-workers um, you know what, what do you how do you handle people who are critics and all types of stuff it, it's going to be a great series don't miss that one all right now as we wrap up our legacy teaching series here today I just want to say again um, that I think this is one of the more important teaching series for us as a church for some of you you've been living a legacy life for years and it's, it's been a great refresher for you but for others it's like the first time right it's the first time you've heard this kind of stuff and it's been challenging for you as you start to reorient a few things to live a legacy life so that you can make a difference one of the keys to living a legacy life 
is being strategic. You cannot be too spontaneous. Now, I know some of you are, are kind of like that, and spontaneity in itself is not a bad thing, but you don't want to be characterized as somebody who's always spontaneous. So as a church, we, we don't really want to be spontaneous either. We want to have a plan, have a strategy, and have the Lord guide us in the right direction. I think it's really, really important. So let me just kind of reveal to you then what our legacy lanes are going to be for the time being at Radiant Church. It might change that down the road, but for right now, uh, this is what they're going to be. Legacy lanes are areas that we're going to say yes to and invest time and energy and resources, finances, all that kind of stuff in. And, and that means we're going to say no to a bunch of other things as a result. But we simply can't do you know, everything. I don't think we should, um, but we should be strategic. So let me share those legacy lanes. Here's the first legacy lane. It's Radiant Church. <laughs> it's, it's the church itself. Our church is an area of a strategic importance. Uh, this lane is going to focus on facilities and the maintenance and the upgrades. And it focuses on Sunday service and groups and dream team and, and that kind of thing. It's the health and life of Radiant Church. That's what's wrapped up in that first lane, okay? Now the next lane is next gen, and that's our, our kids, our students, college students. We want to say yes to the next generation and do what we can to invest in them so they can reach the generation that's coming behind us for Christ. That makes sense, right? The third and final lane for now, and again, these can change down the road, is missions. Now there, there's three areas of focus in our missions lane. Let me just break this down for you. We're focusing on local missions. That's places like here in Seneca, our Daily Bread Soup Kitchen, the Foothills Care Center, Compassion Ministries, uh, like the Back to School Supply thing we did. Um, it's national missions. This is a convoy of hope and all they do to help people recover from disasters um, and, and, and help with inner city and rural America. It's Free International, by the way, who rescues kids and women from prostitution and sex trafficking, not in some other land, but right here in the United States. Like, this is our lane, by the way, too, for planting churches and that, that reach new people both here and across America. The final area focus under that missions lane is international missions. And so we get a lot of missionaries who call for support and as much as we want to help every missionary we just can't. But if you're from the state of South Carolina no matter where you go we want to help get you there. Okay, You're our people. We want to help you get to where you need to go. Uh, we should do all we can to help you get to whatever nation God's asked you to, to invest in. So if you're from South Carolina we'll do all that we can to get you to your destination. But what if you're not from South Carolina? Well uh, then we're looking at something that's called the 10 40 window and it contains the world's hardest to reach places most of the planet's population resides in this area that includes North Africa and the Middle East, China, Indian subcontinent, Southeast Asia, and finally Japan. So 90% of the world's poverty, by the way, is right here. 99% of the world's terrorism originates from here, but less than 3% of all the missions funding and resources from believers makes it to this area, and less than about 1% of everybody who goes into missions are actually heading to those hard-to-reach places. God has tell you that six of the eight missionaries we support right now as a church, they operate in that area. They're in countries like Turkey and Laos and Tunisia and, and, and other countries I can't mention because they're a little bit, they're, they're more closed off, but you get the idea. You're like, you'll never see ROI here, but on this side of heaven, you're, you're not going to see that return on investment. You're going to see that in God's kingdom. And I'm convinced there'll be throngs of people one day who will be present in, in the Lord's kingdom because of your support to missions work being done in these types of places that few people want to give to and fewer people want to actually work in. 
So you say, okay, well, that's great, Pastor, but, but what can I, I do about all these things? Well, first, you can pray. Like, don't ever underestimate how important and powerful prayer is. It's not the last resort. It's the first resort. But so often we treat it as if it's the last best option, right? Don't do that. We need your prayers. Uh, your prayers are powerful and effective, just what James tells us, right? Listen to what Christ says, too, about prayer. Matthew 9, 37 through 38. He says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So what? So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him, this is all prayer, to send more workers into his field. Now here's the next thing you can do. You can give. We've never done any fundraising at Radiant Church. We have no intentions to do fundraising. We don't hand out pledge cards. We don't plan to do that either. We just want you to pray. Speak with the Lord about, about what to give and then do it. You know, God asks that we give 10% back to him. Deuteronomy teaches that we do that, that, that 10%, that tithe, to remind us to put God first. But outside of that, anything else that we give is you know, over and above, and it's called an offering. It's an extra. And so when you give to missions, it's an offering. When you give to the legacy offering, uh, it, it, it's an offering, right? So we want you in each of those instances to talk with God and, and give whatever he leads you to do in those moments uh, that, that we have, okay? Proverbs 3.27 says this, don't withhold good from those who deserve it, but it's in your power to help them. Speaking of generosity here, right? If you can help your neighbor now, don't say, well, you know, come back tomorrow and, and I'll help you. Be generous with what God has given you. Here's the last thing you can do. You can go. Go where God is asking you to go. Serve where God's asking you to serve. It's, it's great to, to want people to hear about Jesus, to experience a changed life. But what are you doing to provide that opportunity? I mean, maybe it is heading to the mission field like our missionaries who joined us a couple of weeks ago, but, but you don't have to go overseas. Who is next door to you? Who do you work with that's struggling? Who is that person you can bring the hope of Christ to? Romans 10, 15. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. It's an important role to play to bring Christ to those who need him, no matter where you happen to be. Those are three actions you can take right now. Pray, give, and go. Anybody can do them and allow God to use you to make a difference in somebody's life. Those are actions you can take to build a legacy, by the way. But what does it take to live your life in such a way that you leave a legacy? Well, first it takes faith. Now, if you spent any amount of time in church, you're probably familiar with what faith is. But for those of you who might not really know what faith is exactly, the best definition I can think of for faith is probably found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. Uh, check this out. What is faith, the author asks? It's the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us. And look at this part. Even though we can't see it, up ahead. That, that, that's really important. What separates somebody, um, you know, who's like a visionary, an entrepreneur, is the ability to see a reality that doesn't yet exist. It's almost as if they're living and walking in it as if it's already happened. I, I served under a, a great pastor as, as a staff pastor for many years who had exceptional faith. He was a visionary. He saw realities and he believed God would bring into existence and he lived as if they were happening in real time, even though in most cases it was years before those realities came into being. But he trusted God would bring those realities into existence. That is, that's faith. People who live a legacy life, man, they see it. They can see it. 
They say things like, you know, I see Clemson in a different way than what it is. I see Seneca and Oconee County in a different light. I see this thing over here. You know, uh, one of our missionaries who's going off to Japan was with us a couple weeks ago. Uh, the other one who was with us, and again, I can't name that person because of the nation they're going to. We don't want that getting out online. But they're going where they're going because they see a reality that by faith doesn't exist yet. See, legacy people, they see it. When Shana and I knew that God was calling us back from Charleston uh, up to the upstate uh, to plant Radiant Church, we, we, we didn't come without a vision. It wasn't just kind of like winging it. We, let me tell you what we believe we saw at Radiant Church. And I already know what God's timing is like with all this kind of stuff. That's really not important. Let me just tell you what we saw by faith for this church. The church that... That, that, that we saw reaches people where they're at, whether you're coming in with questions about God or you know you're flat out lost trying to find your way in this world or you've been a Christian for a long time. It's a church which, which not only funds missionaries and organizations, but it raises up and sends out missionaries. Like one of the ones who joined us a couple weeks ago, our first missionary is a church that we're sending out to a, a difficult place to reach overseas. It's fantastic. It's a church that plants other churches by sending out church planners or helping exist church planning team to get started. It's a church which finds ways to compassionately meet the needs of people in our communities, like how we helped the 81 families with school supplies this year, or how your generosity allows us to give and support organizations like the Our Daily Bread Soup Kitchen here in town. We see a church which fights for families, which helps build strong marriages and, and families who are grounded in Christ. It's a church that rallies behind our college students and young adults and helps them navigate through a really important season of their, of their lives. We see a church that's full of people who, who just want more. It's filled with folks who are hurting and broken, who are, who are just joyful and confident. It's filled with those who are single moms, who are divorced parents, who are empty nesters, with atheists and agnostics searching for answers. It's, it's people struggling with their sexuality who find love and acceptance, not for their sin, but for who God's called them to be. And I see them finding their God-given identity they crave so desperately here in this church. We see a church that's not white, but is black and brown. It's rich and poor. It's middle class. It's blue collar. It's educated. But most importantly, what we see is we see a church that's life-giving, that, that, that longs to see hearts and lives change for Jesus. See, God, God's building a home for many people. We have that slogan, welcome home, in a lot of places on our website, on, on, on the screen when you visit here in person, it's on social media. You know, everybody kind of has welcome home nowadays, but we have it for a reason, because we believe God is building a home, that you're coming to a place where you can really, truly belong. In a letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians, he, he tells the Gentiles, Gentiles again are people who aren't Jewish, that they're no longer outsiders. They belong here in the kingdom of God. Look at what he says in Ephesians 2.19. I like how the message kind of describes this. I want to read that to you. He says, you're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. And there's as much right to the name Christian as anybody. God is building a home. He's using all of us, irrespective of how we got here and what he's building. And he used the foundation and the prophets uh, of the apostles and prophets. And now he's using you fitting you in brick by brick and stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God. All of us are built into it. It's a temple in which God is quite at home. You know, perspective is powerful. 
There's a story of a guy who saw three men laying brick and he asked each one, you know, what are you doing? And the first one said, yeah, I'm just kind of laying brick. The second one was like, ah, I'm building a wall. But the third one, the third guy, he said, I'm building the world's greatest cathedral. You know, it takes faith to leave a legacy, to see what people can't see. And they, and they can't see what you see. So they laugh and they doubt you and they scoff and they say, oh, it'll never happen. But God placed that dream in you, didn't he? And God called you to it. He directed you to where you're going and to what you're building. And you see it because you have faith and because you know you're a part of something that's greater than you. That is a legacy life. Second, it takes sacrifice. In order to do anything significant, it requires laying down something, sacrificing something, and, and often what you sacrifice is precious to you. But legacy people, they choose it. Listen to what 1 Peter says about living your life in a sacrificial manner. 1 Peter 2, 5, and you're living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. And what's more, you're his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Your whole life as a Christian is a living sacrifice. And oh my goodness, <laughs> that is not easy. If it was, everybody would do it all the time, right? But the truth is, you can't leave a legacy without sacrifice. You know that to be true in the financial world, right? You put money away each month. And if you can, um, you know, to, so that you can have savings or retirement or leave a legacy for your kids, it's sacrificial to do that. You say no to things to do that, right? And so it is with our spiritual lives. We have to choose what's best over personal convenience. I'm often brought back to the story of the Good Samaritan when I hear this kind of phrase because it just perfectly illustrates how we react to broken people um, when they, they interrupt our agendas, what we're doing. So the story, real quickly, the story is found in Luke chapter 10, verse number 30. Jesus replied to the story, a Jewish man was traveling from Jer uh, Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They, they stripped him of his clothes, they beat him up, they left him half dead beside the road. And by chance, a priest came along, and when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road, and he passed him by. A temple assistant walked over, he looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side as well. <clears throat> Look at the next verse, verse number 33. Then a despised Samaritan came along. Samaritans were, were just mortal enemies of the Jews back then, okay? And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. And so going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine, and he bandaged him, and he put the man on his own donkey, and he took him to an inn, and there he took care of him. And the next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins. And he told him, take care of this man, and if his bill runs higher than this, I will pay you the difference the next time that I'm here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jesus goes on to ask who was the neighbor to the injured man. And, and the response, of course, said, well, you know, it's a Samaritan. Of course, we know that. Well, Dr. Martin Luther King preached this message numerous times, and he said it all came down really to two questions. Two questions, that's it. The priest and temple assistant asked, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? Because you see, if they would help him, it would mean that under Jewish law, they'd be considered unclean. And so any ministry duties they had would have to get put off while, those, um, while, while they underwent a, a ritual cleansing that could last for, for many days. It was going to cost them something, and they were not willing to sacrifice 
to help this guy. Which, by the way, this is a question I think you should never ask. And I think you can't even ask it if you want to leave a legacy. You can never really ask what will happen to me if I do this, if I sacrifice this way. Not if you want to leave a legacy because it's not about you, right? So the other question that Dr. King uh, said uh, was posed was by the Samaritan. And he said, hey, if I don't stop to help this man, what will happen to him? And that's how we're to live our lives. If you want to leave a legacy, you have to make the right choice and be willing to sacrifice. Third, it takes generosity. And that means leaving a legacy. And, and, and folks who uh, leave a legacy, man, they, like, they give it. Can I just tell you that Radiant Church is a very generous church. Churches our size don't give like you do. You give above and beyond. You love every missionary that comes through. You serve at, I think, the highest rate I've ever seen for a church community. You have huge hearts. I really believe that God will bless Radiant in the years to come because of the generosity that you have shown if you can continue to show that. Uh, but that goes for, for you on an individual level too, though. Psalm 112 describes people who both fear and love the Lord. It's the context of our theme verse here for this series, you know, verses 5 and 6. But look at verse number 9, and you'll see how generosity again plays out in the hearts of those who love and follow God. Look at Psalm 112, 9. They share freely, and they give generously to those in need. And their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have, look at this, influence and honor. I don't think it's an accident that influence and honor follow those who are generous, right? If you want to leave a legacy, you got to be generous and be willing to give whatever it is you have to give. And it may be financial in nature, but it doesn't have to be because there's so much more you can give than money. Give your time, give your efforts, give your energy, give your talent, give your knowledge. You have all kinds of resources God's given to you. So what are you going to do to give those back and make a difference? Finally, if you want to live a legacy life and leave a legacy, it's going to take urgency. And that one doesn't seem to really fit, right? But it's going to take urgency because you need to be aware that you're in a special moment in history right now with opportunities that people around this world simply don't have. We talked about this a little bit last week. But people who live a legacy life and then leave a legacy, they have this mindset do it today, right? Do it today. Today matters. Tomorrow is important, but today counts. We tend to over-exaggerate our yesterdays, and we underestimate our todays in lieu of what's coming tomorrow. But people who live legacy lives and leave legacies, they know that you can't take on what comes tomorrow unless you deal with what's here today. We read it last week, but I want to bring uh, Ephesians 5 back again because it's such an important verse for a topic like this. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 15, Paul writes, he says, be careful how you live. Don't, don't live like fools, like those who are, you know, but live like those who are wise and make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. I like that last part. Make the most of each opportunity. Paul's saying, hey, look, tomorrow, you know, tomorrow you, you can, you, you live the right way, sure, but to, to, tomorrow make the, the right choice. He, he could say that, but he's not saying that. Um, he doesn't say yesterday was good, right? It was so great. Those are the, those are the good old days. Ice cream is 50 cents, you know? Like people, people spoke to each other in person, and yesterday, he doesn't long for something which once was. He doesn't put all of his focus into what's going to be. He gives a very important reminder to his readers that they're to seize opportunities that are afforded to them when? Now, today. 
It's not that planning for the future is unwise. You have to plan for tomorrow. But if you ignore what's happening today, the opportunities you think that will come tomorrow, they may not be there. Make the decision to live the legacy life. And know uh, that, that there's this notion that today I will live as if this is the day I'll be remembered, right? That's what you want to live by right there. God has given you so much and he'll, he'll give you, you know, one day he'll hold you accountable to not what other people have done or had, but what, what you were given. And so what are you doing with what he has given to you? And what legacy are you building right now? How will folks remember you? Your life is here today. It's gone tomorrow, but eternity, man, eternity is forever. So make the right choice today that you're going to live a legacy life, that you're going to build and leave a legacy, which makes a difference in the lives of others for eternity. We pray for you. Father, I, I thank you for those who are watching and listening right now. I pray you'd help us to live legacy lives. When we have a, a mindset of generosity, when we have an urgency about seizing opportunities today, God, I pray uh, that, that we walk by faith, that we see it. You know, legacy people, they see it. Lord, help us to be people of faith or we see uh, the dreams and the visions you've planted inside of our hearts and we begin to live it. And Lord, we begin to give it. God, we begin to do it. And I pray, Lord, that as we have grace and generosity flowing from our hearts to others, Lord, that we begin to build and, and then leave a legacy uh, which is impactful for generations, making a difference in hearts and lives and minds for eternity. Lord, in our families, in our friends, in our, in our, in our social circles, Lord, may we be that, that, that catalyst that sees hearts and lives change for you through the legacies that we're building and leaving behind. Thank you for what you're going to be doing in our hearts and our lives. Thank you for what you've already done. Thank you for giving us the example and showing us what it means to build a legal legacy. That's what, you know, giving your son Jesus to die for us, to rise again. What the greatest legacy ever right there, right? You provide the perfect example. May we walk in those footsteps, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.